take our Bibles tonight, and uh, we're going to be uh, start out in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, we are, uh, I'm going to take a break tonight from our uh, normal midweek Bible study as we've been studying on the attributes of God, and I'm going to bring you a message tonight, just kind of uh, gearing up for the new year, last message of 2022, and uh, here's the title of the message, Some Guarantees of 23, Some Guarantees of 23. Uh, so if you find your Bible or you find your place in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Stand with me together for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to begin reading in verse 4 and read down through verse 9. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by Him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, meet with us tonight. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be here, Lord, uh, in your house, Lord, uh, this uh, uh, last time we're going to meet together, Lord, in this year. And I pray, God, that you would help us, speak to us, we pray through your word, and uh, just bless our time together as a church family tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Notice the first uh, or the first three words there in verse 9 where it says this God is faithful there's two places in the Bible that makes that exact statement that God is faithful the second one you find is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, this is a pretty uh, famous verse that we used it talks about uh, temptations and trials and here's what it says there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man here's the phrase again but God is faithful God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. But that phrase, God is faithful. And uh, you know unfortunately sometimes as men we can't say that about ourselves. Amen? And uh, I think we ought, we ought to be. We ought to, we ought to try to be. Uh, but uh, mankind's like a roller coaster. We're up and down, up and down. I'm going to tell you right now folks, God is not that way. Amen? God is faithful. And based upon the faithfulness of God, I want to uh, leave uh, you with some thoughts here as we close out 2022 uh, with some guarantees of 23. Some guarantees of 23. Now, first of all, let me just uh, throw out some things that I cannot guarantee you of, okay? I want to give you some guarantees, but there's some things that I can't guarantee. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, I can't guarantee you that we won't face some difficult circumstances in 2023. I can't guarantee you that. In fact, uh, Jesus said this in John chapter 6 John chapter 16 verse 33 he said in the world ye shall have tribulation and so I just have a feeling that maybe this year and probably will that we're going to face possibly as a church family individually different times of tribulation that word tribulation means anguish burdens troubles and folks listen life is not problem free as a Christian amen in fact you are guaranteed problems when you when you get saved because now you have a new enemy. Now you engage in a new battle. You don't just have the devil fighting you. You got the flesh fighting you now. Amen. Hey, before you got saved, you didn't even try to fight the flesh. You just gave in to whatever the flesh wanted to do. That's what you did. But things are different now that you're saved. Amen. And because of that, I guarantee you. There's. Or I said. Uh, I said I wasn't going to guarantee you. Uh, but uh, uh, that we will. We possibly could face some difficult circumstances. So number number one, I can't guarantee that we won't face difficult 
all circumstances. Number two, I can't guarantee that everything will work out just the way you want it to. Right. I can't guarantee you that. Now listen, folks, it's important, I think, for us to have a plan. I believe that's important. I believe it's important for us to plan our work and for us to work our plan. But sometimes, let's just be honest, things don't always work out just the way we want them to work out. I think a biblical example of that is David. Uh, David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 had a desire to want to build the temple. And it says this, it says, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. So David had a plan. Hey, he did right. He got counsel. He talked to the man of God. And said, you know what? Uh, I, I don't think it's right that I live in this great phenomenal house and God, the tabernacle, is where the ark's at. And I think we ought to do something about that. I think we ought to build God a temple, is what David said. And here's what the preacher said You know what? Do also my heart, for the Lord's with thee. So David and Nathan both had their plan, but guess what? They never consulted God about God's plan. Because here's what it says, And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me an house for me to dwell in. And so here's what he says. I'm sorry, he says, Shalt thou build me a house to dwell in? And then in the previous verses tells David, No, listen, you're not going to build the house. That's not my plan for you. It's the plan for your son. It's not the plan for you. And so here David, a man after God's own heart, a man that, by the way, was trying to do something what he thought was good for the Lord, God said, Guess what, David? That's not what I want you to do. It didn't work out the way he thought it would work out. So I can't guarantee you folks that everything's going to work out the way you think they should. Number three, I can't guarantee you that somebody won't let you down. I can't guarantee you that. You know, it seems like, let's just be honest, a lot of our problems we face in life are relationship problems. They really are. Broken trust, failure to live up to expectations, hurtful things said and done, and it seems like relationship problems seems to be a lot of uh, what our problems are. By the way, you know what? Jesus faced that. I mean, here He was perfect. If anybody wouldn't let anybody down, it was Jesus. But yet, you know what? He still had people that failed Him. He never failed them, but they failed Him. I think uh, uh, in Luke 22, it talks about the story of Peter, and uh, when Jesus prophesied that Peter was going to deny him. And, uh, and it says this, and Peter said, Man, this is talking about, of course, when he was denying. I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned, no, notice this, and this is to me the most phenomenal part about that story. It's not just that Peter denied and heard the cock crew, uh, the cock crow. That, that, that's not uh, just to me the, 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 the part of the story that's captivating. But here's what it said, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And so literally, as Jesus was cursing, or Peter was cursing Jesus, denying that he knew him, and just as Jesus said he would, Jesus turned and eyeballed him. Could you imagine? And here's what it says. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You think? I mean, good night. You just let Jesus down. I mean, you're the one that just said, Lord, I'll I'll, I'll go, I'll die for you. I mean, there ain't nobody going to mess with you. I'm I'm your most dedicated follower, is pretty much what Peter was saying. And here he was, just a few hours later, cursing the Lord's name, cursing that he even knew Jesus. You know what? Peter let the Lord down. And so I'm not going to tell you that somebody won't let you down. 
So now, now, now that's enough of what can't be guaranteed, okay? And I'm sure there's more, but that's what's on the list tonight. Now let's get to the positive part of the message. And let me give you just some guarantees of 23. Number one, first and foremost, I put this one on the top for a, for, for a purpose, for a reason. I can guarantee you, amen, that God will still be on His throne in 2023. I can guarantee you that, amen. I love this passage. In fact, flip over there real quick. I want you to see it, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah got a vision of God on His throne. And there's just a few places in the, in the Bible we get a glimpse into that. This is one of them. And it, to me, is one of the most powerful passages of Scripture in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, verse uh, 1 through 5. It says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I also, or I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke then said I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts man talk about a powerful thing Isaiah got to see amen he got to see the fact that even though, by the way this was a difficult time for Isaiah Uzziah the king was his friend he was the, the one that he administered uh, to and God had used used him in, in, in many things in, in Isaiah's life, and here he died. This was a down moment for Isaiah, but just when things were down for him, God gave him a glimpse of what was truly going on. And even though it was difficult, even though it was hard, God reminded his prophet, hey Isaiah, I'm, the same, I'm at the same place I've always been. I'm on my throne. Amen? By the way, high and lifted up. Amen? And listen folks, now there's some amazing things going on at the throne of God. In fact, that's a pretty interesting study, but here's what you here's a few things you find going on at the throne of God. You know what you find out going on there? You find out the fact that God's in control. Amen? Amen. God's in control. Right. We read in Job chapter 1 the story of where the sons of God presented themselves before God on His throne and right. Satan came and wanted to uh, try and tempt Job and that whole scene, that whole scenario is about Satan have to ask in God permission to do anything uh, to his servant Job. You know what that tells us folks? That God being on His throne means God's in control of everything. Amen. God always has been and always will be in control. He's in control of what's going on in my life. He's in control of what's going on in your life. He's in control of what's going on in this crazy world around us. Amen. Listen, He always has been and always will be in control as He sits on His throne. Let me tell you what else His throne speaks of. His throne speaks of power. Speaks of power. Revelation chapter 4 is another glimpse to the throne of God. And it says this, And after this I looked, and behold, the door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was the word of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And by the way, we know who that one is. Amen? Right, the same one that's always been on the throne. Right, 
And he that sat upon was to look like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. And I guarantee you, folks, it ain't this perverted six-color rainbow. Amen? It's the rainbow God intended for it to be. In the sight likened to an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. Upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. They had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven going to read, but let me tell you what you find as you read through Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5, and the rest of the book, you find God's power manifested. Amen? His power. Let me just remind you tonight, church, listen, God's a powerful God. Amen? Listen, and uh, you say, well, God hasn't uh, uh, come through for me the way I thought He would. That's why you got to learn to trust Him. Amen? And listen, if God hasn't done what you thought He should, it's because He's got your best interest at heart. Amen? And by the way, last time I checked, it's not about your will or my will, it's about God's will. Amen? And listen, His throne represents the seat of His power. Not only that, we also find the throne represents this. Man, this is good. Amen. Represents intercession. Intercession. Let me just remind you where Jesus is at and what He's doing. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. Men, the man, Christ, Jesus. Amen. And listen, seated right now at the right hand of the Father is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And He's right there making mediation for us. Amen. He goes to God on our behalf. And the reason access to the throne of grace like Hebrews chapter 4 tells us folks is because Christ is there as the mediator between us amen and he's torn down that middle wall partition because of his blood that he shed so that throne I guarantee you in 2023 just like in 2022 and all the other previous years that mankind's existed on this planet God is the same place he's always been and that's on his throne amen you can take that one to the bank I guarantee it so that's the first guarantee of 23, is that God's still on His throne. Number two, let me give you another guarantee of 23. God will not change. Amen. God will not change. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. That by two immutable things. By the way, that word immutable, that's what it means. It means unchangeable. By two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Did you hear that, folks? It was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And let me tell you what that, that portion there in Hebrews is talking about. It's talking about the fact that God made mankind some promises. And you know what? He's going to keep those promises and they'll never change. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Let me just say this. It's not just the sons of Jacob that aren't consumed. It's the uh, Gentiles like us as well that aren't consumed. Because God never changes. We better be glad He doesn't change. Amen? You and I are fickle. Amen? We are. We change our minds a whole lot. Some of us change our minds as much as we change our shoes. And we're always changing. You know, we're this way, we're that way. We think this, we think that. Based upon this circumstance, that circumstance. That's not the way our God is. And I tell you right now, folks, He ain't going to change in 2023. Let me tell you what's not going to change about God. His promises are not going to change. You know, His promise of His presence will never change. He promised us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And listen, that ain't going to change just because the calendar year changes. That's not going to change just because the political system changes. That's not going to change because the whims of mankind changes. Listen, folks, He will never leave us nor forsake us. His promise of His presence, the promise of His comfort, 
will, will, will not change. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus promised to send us the Comforter. And by the way, He did send us the Comforter. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. And if you're born again, He's living in you. And part of what He does is shows us His comfort. That means when you face difficult times, which probably are going to be ahead, amen, whatever they are, however it finds us, you're going to need that Comforter in your life. And I'm going to tell you, you'll have Him. You know why? Because God promised you'll have Him. That's why. Hey, how about this? His provisions will not change. I love this verse in Psalms 37, 25. Here's what David said. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Let me tell you something, folks. God will take care of us as His children. Amen? Now, He promised He'd take care of our needs. Now, I didn't say He'd take care of your wants, although He's a pretty good God. He does a good job of taking care of our wants as well. Amen? Every single one of us have more than we'll ever need in this life. I guarantee we do. Amen? And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, He promised to provide for us. He promised to take care of our needs. And His provision will never change. So that's what that means. Here's what this means. If the economy goes south, guess what? We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. Because God promised He'd take care of us. Amen? If this world falls apart around us and we're still here, guess what? It doesn't matter because God promised He'll take care of us. His promises will not change. How about this? His commands will not change. 2023, you know, the, the, we're living in supposedly the world of enlightenment. Everybody's getting enlightened about this, enlightened about that. Well, I just hate to enlighten them, but guess what? We've done already been enlightened when you crack open the pages of your King James Bible, amen? And what you find in there, you find the fact that God commands us as His children to do some things. And they're not changing, amen? Listen, man may try to change them, but God's not going to change them. That means this, the commands to the family aren't going to change. You know what it means in 2023? Here's what it means. Husbands were to love our wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. That command's not going to change in 2023. For us as husbands to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. Guess what, wives? This command, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. Of course, talking about the husband. And let the wife see that she reverence her husband. By the way, you know what else you, word you find in that, that, uh, uh, that uh, chapter there in Ephesians chapter 5? You know the word that most preachers won't touch with a 10-foot pole? Submit. Amen? And that's what the Bible says. God, by the way, hey, guess what, wise? God didn't change His mind about that. His command for the family. By the way, young people, He's got some commands for you as well. How about this? Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. That command's not going to change. It's because of 2023. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Guess what, folks? I guarantee you, God's not going to change. By the way, how about this? The commands to His church aren't going to change. The commands to His church. By the way, He's commanded His church to do some things. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, talking to His church, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Guess what that's called? That's called the Great Commission. Amen? And that's the command for the church to get the Gospel and preach the Gospel to every creature. And last time I checked, that command's still in the Bible. Amen? And it ain't going anywhere just because the calendar year is changing. 
the command for the gospel to go out is still going to be uh, is a guarantee that God has for us. He says this in Luke 19.13. He said, Occupy till I come. You know what that means? It means to go forward. It means to conquer new territory. Amen. You say, Preacher, why are you so hung up about trying to get in, get getting a building built? Don't you understand uh, the economy? Everybody's talking doom and gloom about it. Prices are up. Hey, all I know is this. If this is the year in 2023 Jesus comes, we're making plans to still go forward. Amen. We're making still plans to go forward. And we're going to keep going forward because that's what He's commanded for His church to do. How about this command? James 1.27 Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fathers and the widows in their affliction and to keep Himself inspired from the world. Amen. Guess what, church? To be holy and righteous and, and clean and pure. And guess what? That command ain't changing just because it's 2023. So what's some guarantees of 23? God will still be on His throne. God will not change. And then last of all, I could give you a bunch more, but for sake of time, we're stopping here. Number three, and the, the, the last one I want to leave you with, and by the way, I'm leaving uh, with, with this one. I'm ending with this one for a reason, for a purpose. Number three, God will continue in 2023 to shape the world for the coming of His Son. God will, now listen, I cannot guarantee you that Jesus is going to come in 2023. I can't guarantee you that, but I can tell you this. God will continue to get things ready in case His, His Son is going to come in 2023. Right. By the way, He knows when He's going to come. Right? right? We don't, but He does. Right. Let me tell you, folks, everything you're seeing going on all around us is God getting everything ready for that trumpet to sound. Amen? Here's what He says in Luke 21, verse 10 through 12. Then He said unto them, Jesus, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, famines, pestilence, fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for My name's sake. Now I understand the context of these verses. And He is talking to the uh, the Jewish people going through the tribulation period. But I can tell you right now, folks, if that stuff's going on but during the tribulation period and we're seeing it happen now how close you think we are to that trumpet sounding amen Luke 21, 25, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the seas and waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the power of the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Again, these are verses leading up to the great tribulation period that things are going to happen during that time. And I understand the context of it. But again, if we're seeing those things happen now, it's a precursor to what's about soon to happen. Amen? Jesus said this in Luke 21, 33, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And I'm going to tell you, everything you're seeing going on right now is God shaping everything for it to get right where He wants it to be for His plan to be fulfilled. I've read uh, today, these are these headlines I'm going to read to you. I do this every once in a while just to kind of keep you stirred up about it. Uh, but uh, these headlines are from the last two days. These are world headlines. And by the way, sometimes, and I, and I, and I tell you not to get so uh, uh, in-depth watching all the media, but by the way, this kind of stuff ain't coming from mainstream, I can tell you that. Amen? You ain't going to hear this stuff on Fox. You're not going to hear this stuff on the Communist News Network and all these other trash stuff going out there. Amen? you got to dig a little bit. But if you start digging a little bit. You know what you're going to find, folks? If you get out of your bubble a little bit, you get out of your Princeton bubble, your Gibson County bubble, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Amen? 
And here's some headlines that are just from the last couple days from what's going on in the world. Of course, we understand that Israel is the pulse that is beating to how close all this thing's going to come full circle to because that's what the tribulation period's all about. It's about God dealing with Israel once again. So anytime you hear news coming out of Israel, you better perk your ears up and figure it out. You know what? God's moving. God's getting things ready. Here's what we read. Here's some things. It says this that there's ancient historic Jewish sources that have predicted the recently announced plans to excavate the Shalom Pool in Jerusalem. And they say this has a major role to play in the final redemption. And uh, there's a rabbi over there, his name's uh, uh, Shaim Vital, and he has a dream in which he is told uh, that, uh, that as they uncover this pool, it's a lead up to the coming of the Messiah. And let me tell you what's interesting about that. There's a lot of rabbis over in Israel that are predicting the soon to come of the Messiah. By the way, the Messiah they're talking about is not the Jesus, the, the, the true Jesus Messiah. It's the Antichrist. And I'm going to tell you right now, Israel is prepared to receive Antichrist. They're prepared for it. they got rabbis standing up saying, this points to the coming of Messiah. That points to the coming of the Messiah. By the way, none of it's from the Bible. Amen? It's all from their tradition. But all of that is God setting all that up. How about this? Ukraine, world headline, wants peace summit at UN by the end of February. Uh, the WEF, which is the World Economic Forum, is to accelerate push for Metaverse Surveillance Network at Davos in 2023. And what's all that about, folks? It's about world control is what it's about. Amen? They want to control the currency. They want to control you. They want to control me. That's what this whole new world order is all about. And by the way, everything you see coming into play, it's all a lead up to that. Russia and Iran look to strengthen the grip on global oil markets. By the way, it's pretty interesting. The Bible prophesies that one day Russia is going to come down from the north and invade Israel. What would make them do that? Well, maybe it's because of what's laying under the surface of Israel. All of the, the minerals and, and, and the resources. And again, anytime you hear this stuff going on, it's all a play to where this is going. Biden re- repeats the U.S. commitment to two-state solution in a message to Netanyahu. Whether you knew this or not, ne- Benjamin Netanyahu just took back over as the Israeli Prime Minister. In fact, I believe within the last couple of days, his government's coming back in. And uh, you always, always hear him talk about that two-state solution. What's that about? It's about peace is what it's about. Amen? And anytime you hear peace to Israel, peace to the Palestinians, you better get your ears perked up because there is coming someone who's going to try to broker that peace still. Amen? How about this? Russia launches largest strikes against Ukraine in weeks. California lawmakers introduce a bill to legalize uh, magic mushrooms and other psychedelics. Like, California needs another reason to be crazy. Amen? I mean, what in the world? I mean, they're all about trying to give women the right to kill their babies, but God forbid you have laws against magic mushrooms and psychedelics. My goodness, what a mess. Buffalo descends into chaos as looters invade businesses following historic blizzard. By the way, I think it's so funny. Everybody wants to tout global warming. you got all these blizzards going on. And you, you realize this blizzard last week that went through Buffalo that dropped all those feet of snow on Buffalo, I think over 17 people froze to death in their vehicles up in that area that got stranded. Man, what a horrific thing. U.S. government in full-scale implosion because of corruption. You think? Amen. Big surprise there. 
report warns risk of nuclear war at its highest since the U.S. nuked Japan. And I'm going to tell you, folks, it's, it, it's actually pretty scary how they keep talking about nuclear this, nuclear that. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Not, this world does not want to experience, even on a small scale, any kind of nuclear war. It would change the, 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 the whole scape of the world. That's how horrible and bad it is. And then one more headline. I saved the best for last. Listen to this. According to the Times of Israel, again, pulse, uh, you put your finger on the pulse of what's happening in Israel. Dozens of diplomats, business leaders, and academics gathered at the Abraham Accord Global Leadership Summit. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but when President Trump was in office, he established what was known as the Abraham Accords. Pretty interesting they use that terminology, right? Abraham Accords. You know what that's all about? It's getting the world to accept Israel as a sovereign state, as a sovereign nation. That's what that's all about, the Abraham Accords. It's trying to get people to be at peace with Israel. So they were at this global summit. Now listen to this. They were gathered there on ways to expand on the agreements. The summit was held in Rome. You think that's a coincidence? With representatives from 30 countries taking part. And here's the quote. By, the, by one of the leaders from Israel. Here's what they said, quoted verbatim. It's just a matter of time before courageous leaders step out of the shadows and full peace is achieved because of all the children of the Abraham courts. We pray that the seeds we planted here today will grow into unprecedented global peace and coexistence for generations to come. Did you hear what he said? It's a matter of time before leaders step out of the shadows and take control and make peace. Now, you don't tell me all this is coincidence. Ain't no way, amen. God is moving. God is getting things ready. Could this be the year? I think maybe it could be, amen. amen. Do I know for sure? I don't know for sure. But man, you know what? Everything seems to be in place for it. Right. All right? So what, is, what are the guarantees of 23, amen? Number one, God will still be on His throne. God will not change, and God will continue to shape the world for the coming of His Son. And I can tell you right now, folks, those are three guarantees you can take to the bank with you. Amen? You can just go ahead and put your full faith and credit in. You know why? Because the God of heaven is alive and well, and everything's working out exactly how He wants for it to. And by the way, as His children, we can put our faith and trust in Him. Amen? Let's just keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. Let's just keep obeying His Word. Let's just keep applying the principles that the Bible tells us to apply. Let's just keep being the best we can be for Him. And I guarantee you, there'll be no regrets when you see Him one of these days. Let's pray. Lord, we love You tonight. We